0: Put industry leading, difference making, and tomorrow shaping on your to-do list. Explore Deloitte technology careers at Deloitte.com slash tech careers and engineer your future at Deloitte. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, You'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates.
1: You are listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Mile High Huddles,
0: Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Freeman is back there, blocked by Leary, caught for the touchdown! A two-yard laser! Fumengali from the University of Wisconsin! Third and goal of the one, Lindsay is in. Janovich the fullback, Janovich hit, nice big hit there by Kendrick. He continues to dig, he's that they call a touchdown! They call a touchdown on a one-yard jump inside. Trying to set up the screen to his tight end, no offense. He's got some room to run. He cuts it back at
2: the 10. takes it in. Touchdown, Denver.
1: The first NFL touchdown for the rookie tight end out of Iowa. End zone caught.
2: Touchdown, Cortland Sutton. His fifth career touchdown, but his first here in Denver.
0: And now,
1: here are Broncos Country's football priests to help you exercise the demons of another doomed season. I have exercise the demons. This house
0: is clear.
2: Man, everybody to another episode the Huddle Up podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me as always, my partner in crime. You know him, you love him. He is Zach Kellerman. Zach, here we are on uh, kind of a sleepy Wednesday night in the middle of a week 16 prep and uh, the Broncos sitting at five and nine. Not a lot to be excited about for fans. However, we got a lot to get to tonight, and the one thing that I wanted to touch on uh, to kind of get the conversation going is the fact that Not long before we went live, news broke that Shad Khan, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, has relieved Tom Coughlin, the executive vice president of football operations in Jacksonville, of his duties. What are your thoughts?
1: I mean, it can happen to anyone at any time, Chad. No one's immune to the firing line. But if there's one executive in the NFL who deserved to get fired, it's Tom Coughlin. It got to be so bad in Jacksonville, who a couple years ago was on the precipice of a Super Bowl. It got to be so bad that the NFLPA was discouraging free agents from not signing in Jacksonville or from signing with them. They were telling him to avoid Coughlin and that ilk In all scenarios, that does not bode well for a franchise's long-term sustainability. Khan made the right move as far as I'm concerned. The game passed Coughlin by, and I think this is his swan song. He needs to step out of the game and let someone more competent and a little more, a little less rigid take charge. I think he was just, he tried to live on his reputation in the past, and it didn't precede him in this, in this, uh,
2: respect. The thing that I find to be interesting is, just kind of the parallels and implications, because both the Broncos and the Jaguars have fallen from grace. You know, the Jaguars obviously never didn't have the sustained level of success that Elway had as a front office executive his first five seasons, winning five consecutive division titles, two AFC championships, <clears throat> and then also a world championship, only to then go 9-7, and seven, which, you know, you can live with in the wake of a Hall of Fame quarterback walking away. And then that's followed up by three losing seasons, back-to-back-to-back, to back to back. And you wonder, well, you know, is he impervious? He is John Elway. He is the Duke of Denver. Is he bulletproof? I mean, Tom Coughlin, even though he's got some bona fides as being, you know, going way back to the 90s as the the head coach there in Jacksonville that led them to their first modicum of success as an organization. And as an expansion team, you know, they, they tried to rekindle some of that magic by hiring him to run football operations, as you said the problems there were manifold fold and, and his disciplinary issues and turning voluntary things into mandatory things. I mean, we, that, that's a different issue and entity in and of itself, but he was fired on the heels of a couple of really disappointing seasons. Do you think John Elway is 100% safe? No one is 100% safe. Not
1: even Bill Belichick in the NFL. A couple false moves from him too. I mean, he could be fired also. I, m- people have more rope than others, but I wouldn't say anyone has 100% immunity to being fired. That being said though, Elway did deliver a championship. And when you do, and when you already have that legend status within a city, within an organization, you deliver another Super Bowl, that buys you at least five years time Coughlin came close they were a playoff team but he never delivered a title to Jacksonville if he would have I don't think he would be fired but Elway he's safe for now but overall 100% absolutely not
2: it's looking like that decision to I mean this is obviously not a Jacksonville Jaguars podcast but it's looking like that decision to go grab Nick Foles was mm-hmm. Foles gold you know yeah. it was it, it was what you know the the old adage that I picked up actually um from uh what's his name, Mike. Uh, Oh, geez, I just had a brain fart. It'll come back to me, but the, the reality being that there's no such thing as a free agent franchise quarterback, and Peyton Manning, of course, is the exception that proves <laughs> the rule. It's, they, I mean, Case Keenum, fail. And of course, Joe Flacco, he wasn't a free agent, but it's the similar principle. If a, one team was willing to let him go, guess what? He's not a franchise guy anymore. And you you could maybe argue Kirk Cousins possibly is one of the few exceptions along with Peyton Manning. And then Drew Brees going back 10, 15 years, however long it's been now when he signed with New Orleans. But I mean, that's, that's the reality. They went after Nick Foles and it blew up in their face and, and the Broncos, they have some experience there. Now, as it relates to John Elway, you can't rule anything out. I mean, back to back to back. It'll be interesting to see how many no shows there are at this, these two coming uh, final games to end the season, both which are at home. If it's in the 30s and 40,000s of no-shows, that's a fan base that's speaking loud and clear to the business side of the Denver Broncos. And only only if it were something that epic could I see possibly a move being made. But so long as ownership remains as it is in this weird state of flux, they're grooming Mm -hmm. Brittany, she's within the organization now, Bolin. I don't think I think Elway's good through the duration of his contract, and especially where now you see a little sign of hope. It's looking like Vic Fangio is going to lead this team to at least one win, uh, better than what they finished last year. And then, of course, you got the the emergence of a young quarterback now in Drew Luck.
1: Yeah, you hit on the point I was going to make when you were talking there is the fact that Shad Khan is an established owner in Jacksonville. The Broncos obviously don't have an owner. There is no one above John Elway except Joe Ellis, and Joe Ellis does not have the uh, intestinal fortitude to pull the trigger in firing John Elway. It's just not going to happen. He is absolutely safe for the rest of this season. I think he's absolutely safe for the rest of next season, but if they don't deliver at least a playoff season, Chad, if he goes another Regular season without making the postseason. And he has no more excuses, no more rookie coach, no more rookie quarterback. He has the, the roster. It's two solid drafts. He's built his free agent additions up. Some have bombed, but there's no more excuse now. I think if the Broncos go five and 11, six and 10 next year, miss the playoffs again, then you're going to see some heat on John Elway's job. But until then, I agree with you. He's hundred percent safe
2: through 2020. Let's welcome in those of you who have joined us in the room. I'm seeing Jordan. I'm seeing Stu. What's up, Mrs. Bethany, Shreyas, William. Howdy. Evan, what's up, you guys? Thanks for joining us. And a lot of you have been hanging out in the room waiting for us to go live. It's good to see each and every one of you. We got a lot to get to tonight. We want to go through and analyze some of the biggest news stories from the la- between the last time we were able to talk to you and today, including the Pro Bowl and what's, what, what happened there with the Broncos only having one guy and the one of the more, mm. from a performance level anyway, not a profile level, but from a performance level, one of the more unlikely candidates, I would think, for the Pro Bowl. We're going to get to all that, but first, you guys, just a couple of quick matters of business. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter. That's the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with this show in real time. Those of you watching live, you can see there right now at huddle up pod, the ticker running across the bottom of your screen. And uh, it's best way to stay on top of things. You guys follow the show there and then take some time. When you, when you get a chance and head on over to Apple podcasts and leave a creative review and rate the show. If you like what Zach and I are doing, We appreciate it if you give us a five-star rating and a creative review. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know how we're doing. A little bit of feedback. We love it. We love hearing from you guys. But that's a simple, easy, organic way that you can support the show, and it also enters you into our monthly drawing and giveaway, where in uh, a couple weeks' time now, we'll, we'll draw a couple of names out of the hat randomly of the people who reviewed the show on Apple Podcasts in the month of December, give away a hat, give away a shirt, give away some swag. Uh, as a thank you for taking some time to support the Huddle Up podcast. So take care of that.
0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
2: College can be expensive, but
1: saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org.
0: Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right,
2: Zach. The Denver Broncos had one Pro Bowl selection, and it's not a surprise exactly. Von Miller, of course, is the, the one and only. I mean, it, it's not a surprise. If anything, it p- just proves the the reality that the Pro Bowl has become. Nothing more, Zach, than a popularity contest. Now, in terms of alternates, the Broncos had three this year. It's a, one of them is kind of a surprise, if you ask me. One of them is Kareem Jackson, the safety, who just got suspended. We have to talk about that as well. Uh, also, you have Deontay Spencer, the wide receiver slash punt returner slash kick returner. Of course, his, his alternate uh, status is as a returner. And then Cortland Sutton, who, to me, if we want to talk about the biggest snubs here, Kareem is one of them. He's had a Pro Bowl season. Cortland Sutton absolutely should have been the number one guy. When you think Denver Broncos and you're a voter and you think Pro Bowl, it should have been Cortland Sutton this year. And then, of course, Justin Simmons, who wasn't even, surprisingly, Hmm. wasn't even named as an alternate. So my question to you, Zach, before I serve this over is I want to – Reverse engineer this from the very back. Justin Simmons, who wasn't even listed. How much does this hurt his ability to negotiate with the Broncos, with outside teams, being that he had a Pro Bowl caliber season, but it didn't come out in the wash in terms of the accolade coming, coming through?
1: I don't think it's going to hurt him, but I just think having that Pro Bowl recognition would have helped him earn a couple million more dollars. I, it's not going to dissuade Denver from giving him a long term extension. He has earned that by his play on the field. The Pro Bowl is just an extra accolade that players like to hold on to for extra leverage. But regardless, he's a young player ascending into his prime. Like we all know he had a Pro Bowl season, we all know he should be in that game. It was the biggest sham of the Pro Bowl voting process in the AFC anyway. He does absolutely deserve to make it. The Broncos know that the fans know that i think simmons knows that it's not gonna prevent him from getting a long-term deal i just think having that would have made him a little more money but we all know the truth about justin simmons
2: john elway here's what's interesting on tuesday of course he appeared on his weekly you know koa show or segment i guess logan and lewis and uh, he was asked about justin Simmons, and. It was interesting because he was kind of led to this by the way the the question was posed to him by the ho- the host there, but he basically intimated that yeah you know we we want a yes we envision Justin Simmons being here long term we plan on keeping him a Denver Bronco and then when the host kind of brought up the franchise tag that whether you know things whether Simmons likes it or not or whether things go perfectly according to Simmons plans or not the Broncos at least have that to fall back on to guarantee that he doesn't leave and Ellie basically. You know, in a kind of a comedic way, uh, confirmed that yeah, that's the reality, and that's kind of what we're thinking too. So Simmons is going to be back in Denver, barring some extremely unforeseen, unfortunate, cert, you know, set of circumstances. The question now becomes to me, Zach: At what cost? And it'll be really interesting to see. I think the Broncos need to reward him because yeah. this season, man, he this is his first year playing in Fangio's scheme, and he's already got a career high in interceptions. <clears throat> he's got four picks this year. And there's a good chance he might be able to finish the season with five. He's already up to 84 tackles. He's defensed 14 passes. He's a young cornerstone piece. And if you want this Vic Fangio defense to you know, take that same trajectory that it did in Chicago, that it did also in San Francisco, where it leaps forward over you know, year one to year two, you need Justin Simmons as part of that equation.
1: I really do hope the Broncos avoid the franchise tag, shot. I hope they don't go that avenue because it would send a message to the entire organization, a positive message, that we have an up-and-coming star here and we take care of our own. They did not send that message with Chris Harris Jr. They gave him just a one-year bump. This is a player who they should invest in. This is a player who deserves that long-term money, not just for one year, and even on the franchise tag. They'd be laying out millions of dollars to have him under their control for only one season. Next offseason, it's back to the same Problem. He can even increase his value. Then they need to take care of it today. Not even wait until he gets to the open market. Lock him down now. They have enough cap space. They will have more than enough in the off season. Get it done with Justin Simmons. Don't give him the franchise tag. But about the Pro Bowl, Chad, it was a disgrace. How do you have Minka Fitzpatrick over Justin Simmons, who's rated higher, who's played better in his scheme in his system? It just comes down to name recognition. It's the same reason that Von Miller made it and Justin Simmons did not make it. No yeah. one really knows who Simmons is. Everyone really knows who Earl Thomas is, who Mika Fitzpatrick is. But in terms of play, we all know the truth about Simmons. He should have been there, and he deserves every penny of what he's about to get.
2: Our good friend and supporter of the show, one of our super chat superstars, Stu McPeak, jumping in with a twenty dollar donation you, on super chat. Stu, we love you, man. We appreciate that so much. And what he's what what uh, Shreya's here says, I think is is pretty cogent, and this is going to be a negotiating tool for. Justin Simmons with the Broncos and with the other 31 teams. This guy is currently the number one rated safety according to pro football focus. And that's true. He is. I I double checked it before I wrote the story yesterday. He is number one. Now pro football focus has become um, an outside third party entity that very much affects contracts. Now in the NFL, I'm not going to name names, but when pro football focuses profile, kind of rocketed into the stratosphere for NFL players in terms of it being a part of their thinking process, a part of how they build up their resumes and, and present their value to NFL teams in terms of contracts. It was about circa 2014 ish is when it really started to, you know, rocket into the stratosphere. I had players and and not so much nowadays because teams, NFL teams actually pay a, a subscription to pro football focus. But back then, I had NFL players, Zach, that would reach out to me, Broncos, personally, and ask, hey, man, because they knew I had a subscription. They'd say, hey, what was my grade uh, on yesterday's game? Or, you know, the game's over like 30 minutes ago, and they're messaging me, hey, man, can you check to see what my grade was? It's important to them then, and that's only grown. I think that's the one thing. and It'll be interesting to see whether or not Simmons gets some all-pro love because – I think all pro selections are now it it didn't used to be this way, but I think they're now a more accurate reflection of play of who is deserving in an NFL season. And even if it's a second team nod, I would be stunned if NFL writers out there who are part of the pro football writers of America, Mm -hmm. you know, that cast their votes on the all pro that he doesn't make it in.
1: Uh, That would be, it's a great point. That would be, I think, better for his resume, Simmons, an all-pro nod, even a second-team nod, than a Pro Bowl, which I think, I'm with you, I think that carries more weight all-pro. It just has something more uh, powerful attached to it. If he can get that, I think it'll help his negotiating platform. But regardless, like I said, he's done enough on the field this season. He's one of the few Broncos defenders, Chad, who's really taken the Fangio system. Look what it did to Von Miller. It it turned him into a career-worst Player, It turned Simmons, though, from that borderline pro bowler into a bona fide pro bowler. So I think the Broncos recognize that and they have to reward reward a guy, not just for what he's done, but like I said, the message it would send to the younger players on the team going forward into this, what I think is a rebuild with the young nucleus. If you play well, if you're a homegrown player, we will take care of you.
2: Rich jumping in with a $3 donation on Super you, Chat. And he says, impeach the Pro Bowl selectors. <laughs> well, you're going to have to impeach uh, the fans because it's made up of, uh, what is it, Zach? It's one-third fan vote, one-third player vote, and one-third coach vote, I think is how the, mm-hmm. the, the formulation yeah. works. So, yeah, I, but but the spirit of what you're saying, Rich, absolutely. And thank you for the donation, my brother. And By the way, your, Rich is one of the winners of our giveaway on Apple Podcasts from the month of November. Your hat went out in the mail today. So be looking for that. I'm sorry, getting sick and going under the weather it kind of delayed things for me. I was kind of shut down. So look for that in the mail here. You, you should get it well before Christmas, my brother. So thank you so much for supporting the show. How about we impeach the Pro Bowl process,
1: Chad? You just laid it out. I don't think it should be even taken into account fan voting or, or no. player voting. It should be just the bona fides who know the NFL and can recognize what a player does on the field. Fans have no clue. And that's why it's turned into a, a popularity contest based around name recognition.
2: I've always hated that process. And that's why I think the all
1: pro selection, it carries more weight.
2: It really is. And it's not to, it's not to hate on fans. I mean, cause we're all fans of this game. We all. Are passionate fans. That's why we're even all of us on this conversation right now. But the problem is, and many of you, if you've ever voted for the Pro Bowl, you're gonna, you're, you're about to start nodding your heads in agreement. Yep, this is me. What happens? You go to vote, and you just vote Broncos across the board, it, whether they're deserving. Majority of the time, you're just going unless it's like you know a guy like Jeff Hiredman, who's a starter, so he's listed. You're not voting for him. You're going to go down and find no offense, but you're going across the board and you're voting Broncos is that really the best way even even if, though it's only th- represent a third of the total influence of how these votes you know get get selected these players is it really the most accurate way and the best way to reflect the players who are the most deserving of this these accolades and you know it factors in i mean the pro bowls a big deal even though the game itself is is a joke and the selection process has become a farce it's actually a big deal because pro bowls go to contracts you know it's it's a leverage chip for players to get contracts it also factors into their long term resume so if a guy's up for the hall of fame well how many pro bowls was he in i mean look at steve atwater for example hasn't served him all that well but he's got 8 pro bowl selections he is tied with von miller this was his 8th and champ bailey as number 2 all time most pro bowl selections individually as a bronco number 1 of course was john elway with 9 but those Pro Bowl selections, man, they are important to these players. Even though the game's a joke, we all know that it matters. And so I think it, it behooved the league to come up with a better way. Because, I mean, even fans, casual fans, they know the Pro Bowl is become a joke, Zach. I think what's more ludicrous,
1: Chad, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but Simmons wasn't even an alternate for this game. He wasn't even a second alternate to make the Pro Bowl in the event that uh, Earl Thomas made the Super Bowl and had to pull out of the game. It wouldn't even be Simmons in that so it's bad enough that he got snubbed from that, but to not have him as an alternate, it's its ludicrous. It's mind-boggling. And the NFL, along with the coin toss controversy and their pass interference policy, that needs to be overhauled.
2: What really chaps my hide, though, is the fact that Cortland Sutton, look, when it comes to wide receiver, that is one of the diva positions in the NFL. It's, it's hard to break into that at the Pro Bowl level as a wide receiver. You have to li- leave – Literally, no doubt. Like, you have to break into – and fantasy football helps in this sense as far as raising the profile of players. But Cortland Sutton, he should be a Pro Bowler this year. Like, that's a that's a bona fide snub. Now, he is an alternate. If there's anyone ahead of him that – he's one of three alternates. If there's anyone ahead of him um, that backs out or gets hurt or makes it to the Super Bowl or whatever – he's going to be a pro bowler. And then that pro bowl will actually show up on his resume for now. It doesn't, you know, if if that doesn't happen, this didn't count as a pro bowl season for him. He can go out and say he was a pro bowl alternate, but as far as the reality of it being on his resume, unless you play in the game or you're originally voted in, it doesn't show up on your resume. But Zach, what I want to point everyone's attention to here is the production Cortland Sutton has had in the face of extreme inconsistency and turnover at the quarterback position, We're talking about a player who has gutted it out for this team. He's appeared in all 14 games this year after appearing in all 16 last year. So he he gets banged up, fights through, makes sure he plays each and every week. He's got 63 receptions, Zach, 1,019 yards and six touchdowns. And he did that with three different quarterbacks, two of which were extremely subpar, throwing him the ball.
1: And he also has more yards and more touchdowns. than Jarvis freaking Landry, who made it for no, whatever reason, that just proves that it's a popularity contest. It's proves it's not based on production and based on ability. He should be in this game a 100%. It doesn't chat my behind as much as it does Justin Simmons, but Cortland Sutton, we all know he's a wide receiver one. We all have seen his progression in the last couple of seasons. We all know what he's capable of. It's just the outside media, the outside fans, they don't see it, obviously, and unfortunately, and it just affects him and what he can do uh, at the next level in the All-Star game. But it's just if you look at the stats, Chad, he deserves to be there. Jarvis Landry, though, of all people, I can understand DeAndre Hopkins. I can understand Tyreek Hill. I can even understand Keenan Allen. But Jarvis Landry, come on. Yeah.
0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs> Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore.
2: it's a joke dude it really is and I thought it was interesting Cortland Sutton when asked you know if he'd still like to here's the question on whether he would like to still go to the Pro Bowl uh, it gets him on if, if it gets him man they worded that poorly bottom line how do you feel about missing the Pro Bowl he said it is what it is on what his reaction was to not being voted to the Pro Bowl it is what it is and on whether he was surprised that he was not voted to the Pro Bowl It is what it is. (laughs) And then here's something interesting, Zach, on Philip Lindsay telling him that he's still a pro bowler. Quote, when Phil texted me, it was good to hear that from him, especially a guy that made it in his rookie season. He did what he did to get there. He earned that right to have that. There are guys on this team who are playing at a high level, at a pro bowl level, that weren't able to get that accolade of being voted into the pro bowl. We know and we see it. Being around guys in here that are playing at that level, we see it and we get to be around those guys. When those votes come out, It is what it is. At the end of the day, we can't control it. We can't change it. People voted how they voted. Y'all saw the results. Closed quote.
1: Uh, It's spot on. It's exactly what I was echoing before, is that we all have seen Cortland Sutton. We all know what he's capable of, Chad. We all know he's a wide receiver one. And to me, he's Brandon Marshall on steroids. He's going to be the Broncos' leading receiver for the next decade. He's going to be in the Pro Bowl Next year, it's going to happen in his third season. He's going to go in strong, and I think he'll, uh, he'll finally make it. If anything, though, this should serve as motivation for him to get to that level. He should have been there, but there's always room to improve.
2: It's interesting what Drew Locke said when asked about Cortland Sutton being snubbed. He said, quote, it's upsetting. You've seen a guy work super hard and make amazing plays and spectacular catches on the field. I definitely think he deserves to be one of the guys, without a doubt, I think at the same time, he'll use this as motivation to end up on it possibly next year, close quote. And you know what, Zach? If it's Drew Locke thrown in the rock, I have zero doubt that that's exactly where Cortland Sutton's going to end up next year and maybe even bring along a guy like Noah Fant. Because the cool thing about Mm. Sutton, he disappeared down the stretch last year when the onus was placed on him to be the number one guy. And the biggest reason why is he couldn't create separation with his route running. He made that a point of focus for himself during the offseason. Obviously, he worked on it in camp and OTAs too, but he spent extra time working on his route tree, working on his get-off and getting off the line of scrimmage on DBs, and it paid massive dividends. Like, he has not disappeared. The games that he hasn't been super prolific are just simply, they've been games that just, you know, the flow of the game just hasn't gone his way. And even that game against the Chiefs, for example, you know, he received, what was it? Let me see here. He received uh, 10 targets in that game, four receptions, 79 yards. He would have had a touchdown if the Honey Badger doesn't make a spectacular play in the end zone, but it's just one of those those games where, and even the one before against the Texans, the Broncos have a tremendous output offensively. He only ends up hauling in five balls for 34 yards, and it's not because he disappeared. It's because the Broncos finally had a game plan where other guys were open, and Drew Locke completed – passes to over 10 different receivers in that game. My point being, though, he's not disappearing like he did last year down the stretch when the onus was placed on him because he took it upon himself during this past offseason to progress and learn and get down his route tree and his footwork and getting off the line of scrimmage so that he could reap the rewards. And even though it didn't come in the form necessarily of a locked-in Pro Bowl trip this year, I'm confident next year, as long as he's got that quarterback consistency with Drew Locke, he's going to get there.
1: You know, I'm happy you made that point, Chad, because regardless of the Pro Bowl, you and I and every Broncos fan, and I think the Broncos front office and his teammates themselves, they are excited about the young nucleus of talent in Denver right now. Sutton, Fant, Lindsey, Drew Locke. I mean, those are your – Dalton Reiser along the offensive line. You have talent in place, and if Sutton can put up 1,000 yards and progress into a wide receiver one with Joe Flacco throwing him the ball, Brandon Allen throwing him the ball, and a raw Drew Locke throwing him the ball – I am so excited to watch him next year make the Pro Bowl, 1,200, 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns with a bona fide quarterback and a bona fide offense. Drew Locke growing together. It's exciting times in Denver, regardless of not getting this accolade.
2: No, Ben, Emmanuel Sanders did not make it to the Pro Bowl this year, but he's having a good year over there in San Francisco and you know, spent the first half of his season in Denver. He's been to two Pro Bowls for what it's worth, and, uh, you know, probably not so deserving of it this year, and certainly nowhere near as deserving as Cortland Sutton. Like Cortland Sutton, I mean, you listed off a few of the names that were that you, you just can't get around that deserve to be there, but it, Cortland Sutton sure, certainly deserves to be one of them. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Kareem Jackson. Now, the unfortunate news broke that, uh, you know, between the last time we were able to talk to you guys and now, that he was arrested for DUI back on September 19th, immediately informed the team, the team informed the league, Time passes, league deliberates, suspension comes in, and it's for the final two games. So he will be suspended week 16, week 17. You won't see Kareem Jackson. He won't get paid, so that's a bummer for him. That's a, hopefully it's a lesson he learns and takes home. But what's interesting, Zach, is that the Denver Broncos are the most, as far as in the NFL, they have the most arrests or the most um, hmm. in, encounters with uh, the law, let's say over the last 20 years, no other, no team. And now that spans a bunch of different regimes, right? That spans Mike Shanahan to McDaniels to the Elway era, John Fox, Gary Kubiak, uh, Vance Joseph. And now of course, Vic Fangio.
1: I'm going to split my opinion on this into a personal and professional opinion on Kareem Jackson. Personally, I He's an idiot for not getting an Uber or a Lyft or having someone pick him up, using the team's ride-sharing services to put other people's lives and his own life in danger because he was drinking. I never support that, so that's a boneheaded move on his part. Professionally, it doesn't really change my opinion of Jackson. He had a phenomenal year, better than I thought he would have at safety. The Broncos have the best safety duo, Chad, in the entire NFL as far as I'm concerned, and I am so excited to watch Jackson ball out next year with Justin Simmons doing even more damage and and creating that real Truly no flies on 2.0. I'm super stoked on Jackson. Best free agent signing always had in quite a while.
2: Shelby Harris. What are your thoughts on Shelby Harris? Stu thinks he was deserving of the Pro Bowl. Uh, you know, he's, he was, it's hard for three, four defensive ends to make the Pro Bowl because defensive ends are typically viewed in Pro Bowl voting as edge defenders. And in a three, four
0: Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. The world is always on. But you shouldn't be. Put your sleep to bed. During Mattress Firm sleeping spree event, save up to fifty percent on ceiling with queen mattresses starting at 349.99. Only at mattress firm. Restrictions apply. See Store or MattressFirm.com for details.
2: For it basically, without going down a rabbit hole, it it looks like in the, the assignment aspect of it and what the responsibilities of of the defensive ends are. They're more like a three-tech defense or defensive tackle in a four-three. And so you don't see as many sacks, but to see guys like Derek Wolf rack up what he what he finished with seven before he mm-hmm. got hurt. Yeah. Shelby Harris has now had two games this year in which he's he's had more than one sack, you know, it's it's hard to get noticed. You have to basically put up JJ Watt level of, of production on the quarterback in order to get that kind of recognition as a five tech defensive end in a three four system.
1: Put it this way, you put Shelby Harris on the Ravens or the Chiefs, he's a pro bowler. But on the Broncos, he's, he's a good player, but in the eyes of the national media and the national fan base, he's just another guy. I think he leads all defensive linemen in the NFL with batted passes, Chad. I think he has seven or eight now, whatever it is. He is a really good player, deserving of a new contract. We've been saying it for a while now, but pro bowl, just not there yet. If he had double-digit sack totals or if he played on a contending team, he would he would have a shot. But there's a there's a, a lot of other talent in the AFC among defensive linemen to make it. That's one that I'm okay with. That's one that I don't consider a snub at all.
2: Yeah. I mean, Derek Wolf, if he doesn't get hurt, you know, he was on pace. Like if he if he approaches double digit sacks, there's a good chance by this point maybe he gets in. But I think Derek Wolf's just destined to be one of those lunch pail guys that puts in the work and plays it kind of at that hovers at that level, but he's just never gonna get over the hump statistically in order to garner the type of attention cuz again it's a popularity contest are you on the highlight reel every night on sports center every yeah. sunday night are you you know are you racking up the stats for for guys in fantasy football helping their defenses win if you're not that guy then it's really hard especially trench guys what about alexander johnson do you think that was a straight up snub or cuz my opinion of that is johnson's been good he's the highest rated off ball linebacker at pro football focus similar to justin simmons but he hasn't made a ton of like game changing plays. He's made some, but he hasn't consistently been, been, you know, making those game changing plays that basically land off ball linebackers in the pro bowl consistently.
1: Yeah, it, again, he doesn't have the name recognition, Chad, and he doesn't play on a contending team. I, I think he had a, a phenomenal season, great season. I think he's the Broncos' future at inside linebacker, but does not have enough skin in the game among the national media or among the general NFL fans the not the hardcore fans who don't really know every player in the NFL. Great player in Denver, but he like you said, he didn't do enough. He didn't have pick sixes. He didn't have uh, game-changing interceptions, and the Broncos haven't been winning. So all those factors, his ranking on, on PFF aside – that did him in. So I'm just happy. I don't care about the Pro Bowl for Johnson. I'm just happy they finally found
2: a young, athletic three-down linebacker to start. Amen. And it wouldn't surprise me. <clears throat> oftentimes what you see is like a breakout year for a guy, and they get the recognition like the next year is when they make their first Pro Bowl because they pop up on the radar. Guys are like, I like what I'm seeing, but I want to see more, so they don't quite put in the vote, and then they see it again the next year, and they put them in. Uh, Buana Beast, we got time for a a question or two, guys, if you want to send them in. And then we got to get out of here from Buana Beast. He says, Who takes Kareem Jackson's uh, place? Who's the replacement? Is it a team effort? Yes, it is going to be a team effort, but the the guy who's going to benefit most in the immediate sense is Will Parks. But you're also going to see a lot more of Trey Marshall, which we've seen a lot of the last couple of weeks just because of the injury situations. And then also, what you might have missed is that the Broncos promoted undrafted rookie cornerback Elijah Holder off the practice squad onto the 53. So yet another untested, unproven DB getting thrown into the mix. It'll be interesting to see whether or not he dresses and plays. But, yeah, they're they're pretty thin. I mean, the Broncos have been rocked by the injury bug this year.
1: I miss Demonte Thomas, just throwing it out there. It'd be nice to see him get some playing time with this injury. But, yeah, you nailed it, Chad. Will Parks is the biggest benefactor here. He will be starting, and him also being a free agent next offseason, he can make himself some money. I don't think he's destined to come back to Denver, but maybe you never know if he balls out the last couple of games, earn himself a nice little payday.
2: I'm not sure, Zach, that uh, Phillip Lindsay was Pro Bowl worthy, to be honest with you, this year. No. he The production, just the big play production and scoring and I mean, he still has a chance to get to a thousand yards, but these next two games, the Broncos running game is going to have to completely turn the ship around in order for him to sniff that. And that's just the bottom line. When you've got running backs across the league already well over a thousand yards, a guy like Philip Lindsay, he's just, he's just, it's not there for him. And uh, last year was, he caught lightning in a bottle. And I think he's, he's a player that has a chance each and every year, but the way that the dominoes have fallen Zach this year, I'm, I have no bones with Lindsay not even being an alternate.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, he has a little more name recognition, Chad, than the others, but he had a, a very nondescript season, didn't have many game changing highlight real plays. And also, he was in a, a committee. Uh, role with Royce Freeman breathing down his neck. So he was never going to make it. I'm not mad at that at all. Hopefully next year he has a rebound season, but the fact he could be a thousand plus yard scrimmage guy each and every season, you can't hate on that at all.
2: Now I'm not sure Robbie Anderson is going to be a free agent. I haven't done my own research on that. So Jordan, I'm taking your word for it. Uh, I like the idea of getting Robbie Anderson in Denver as the vertical guy, the speed guy for Drew Locke, take the top off of defense. But it's it'll you know, be interesting to see. But the Broncos might fill that need, Zach, in the draft. I think so, too. I think they're
1: going to actually use a, a fairly high-round pick on a true burner just to build up the weapon and the weaponry around Drew Locke. But Robbie Anderson is a guy who can definitely take the top off the defense. He's just another injury-prone player who I wouldn't prefer Denver would waste money on. So they can look at a younger player, probably save some money going through the draft.
2: Ben Lee says, do we need a new strength and conditioning coach? I have less intense practices. We have had so much bad luck with injuries the past two seasons that I don't think it's a coincidence. Look, without opening a can of worms that uh, frankly, some fans get really offended about this, but Zach and I are on record now for about a year where we've been questioning, um, you know, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, that whole thing. And the problem is the Broncos, you're not wrong, dude. They've had, Tremendous bad luck since Lauren Landau was hired as the strength and conditioning coach. It's hard to completely put the blame and onus on him because he was a guy that was used by a majority of players personally uh, to work out in the offseason strength, coach, you know, nutrition, all that stuff, which is why he ended up being the Broncos strength and conditioning coach in the first place because he had so many players going to the bat after – Luke Richardson was hired away by the Texans that they're like, well, why don't we just hire him? He's already working with half the freaking locker room. Let's just bring him in. But I think it's something the Broncos would be wise to take a look at. Look, I'm no expert Zach when it comes to sports science, strength, conditioning, sports, nutrition, all that stuff. But I'm also not a huge believer in coincidence. Right.
1: I'm with you there. And yeah, I mean, how many hashtag lower body injuries have the Broncos piled up the last couple of seasons? It really is no coincidence. I wouldn't blame it on Fangio because Landau did precede Fangio. But this year, um, Fangio put the Broncos in pads in training camp much too much. He ran them too hard in training camp. They had five preseason games. It was a very long summer for them. So I'll chalk some of those injuries up to that. I really wouldn't go so far as to replace Lauren Landau who said they're going to fire him, but like you said, Chad, I would look into his practices, his regimen, and see if things can be changed because there's way too many injuries and it's not all coincidence, as you say. It's not all bad luck. There's something going on there.
2: Exactly, and they saw the model as a team. Now, many of those coaches are gone now, but Elway and Matt Russell, they are they're left over. They saw the model, basically, that Luke Richardson employed as the strength guy here, and man, you didn't realize it when that hire was made, when the Texans swooped in and offered him a big promotion and the Broncos didn't have to let Richardson go, but they did. And it's one of those things. You you don't know what you got till it's gone. (laughs) But yeah, guys, that's got to do it though for today's episode of the huddle up podcast. Thank you to each and every one of you for joining us. Big shout out and massive mile high salute to rich and Stu uh, for donating on super chat and supporting the show. We really appreciate it, you guys. You have no idea how how far that goes, how humbling it is. And it keeps the lights on for the show. It allows us to keep bringing you this content, digging deep for it each and every day. Yeah, and like
1: we always say almost every pod, we have so many exciting things cooking up for the new year. And even next month, Chad and I, are. Uh, we want to debut some things, a store. We want to debut some new products and some new perks for our loyal followers, our loyal fan base. We love you guys, and nothing goes unnoticed. We deeply appreciate it.
2: Make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at Huddle Up Pod, And you can find my partner, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter, as you can see there, at Kelberman NFL. Myself, at Chad and Jensen. Stay tuned, you guys, and get your questions ready because we're going to be back in the saddle tomorrow night for the final Huddle Up podcast of the week. Stu, Excited. thank you, my brother. We love you. And uh, it's the Mile High Mailbag, Thursday night. We're going to answer your questions. It's all about getting uh, what's on your mind exercising the demons we are your football priests and we're going to be here for you to help you do just that so thanks for joining us though guys again on kind of a sleepy wednesday night we understand the energy is not the greatest right now after the fan base riding so high with drew lock two game winning streak only to come crashing back down to earth with the chiefs and i can i can sense a depression zach in the fan base these last three days since sunday and And so for those of you that are still plugging away, still maintaining your interest in fire and engagement, not only with the Broncos, but with our show and with the content we put out, we appreciate you guys.
1: And hang in there because I think on Sunday the Broncos are going to get back on the winning track, and I think Locke's going to have a pretty good game. So keep your chin up, as Chad would say. I think good times are ahead for Denver, maybe not the next couple games, but 2020 and beyond. It's going to be a better decade in
2: Denver. 6 p.m. Mountain. 8 p.m. Eastern. Tomorrow night, Zach and I will return on YouTube and Facebook for the live Mile High Mailbag. Until then, you guys, have a great night. Zach, you too, my brother. See you then. Favorite night of the week, Chad. Mailbag time. Amen. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you guys then.
0: You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast.
2: Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.